I like things being a certain way when we eat. And Shelly and I had a long discussion. We've been married 33 years, long time. And uh, I don't know, it's been not compared to some of you. <laughs> uh, we were having a discussion one day about eating and uh, where to eat, and that's one of our biggest uh, discussions all the time. We, we, and it's usually every night after church and everywhere we're going, it's like, where do you want to go to eat? That's the question. Where do you want to go eat? And I was like, I told Shelly years ago, I said, here's, here's what's going to happen. I'll work. I was in construction. I'll work. I'll make money. You decide where we're going to eat, whether you cook it, whether we go out to eat. That's your choice. But you decide that. And she said, well, I don't know exactly what we ought to have at the house. And so what I do, I made her a menu. Okay, I, I like certain things. I like spaghetti. I've told this before, I know. I like spaghetti, but I like it with the hamburger. I, I like it with hot sausage mixed in the hamburger, and then with some hunts, just like dollar sauce, poured over that, and then angel hair noodles, and then they have to be separated. I don't want them mixed all together in the same pot, but the noodles down first, and then the meat over, so I can get just the portion that I want. That's the way I like to have spaghetti. If we have to have it any other way at the house, I don't want it. Let's move on to something else that we have. Sometimes we don't have all the ingredients, so she would try to mix something else into it, and I'm just like, I, I don't want it that way. I, my mind is set, my appetite is set for a certain taste, and that's what I want. Did I hear somebody say spoiled? No. <laughs> Tacos. Tacos need to be a certain way. When we're eating at home, I like my food prepared a certain way, and tacos is another one. I, I like it with meat, you know, and I, I like the corn shells. You just dip them in the grease for a second, and they get soft, and you put the meat in, and then you put the cheese on next because the cheese, the, the cheddar cheese has to melt onto the meat. Shelly makes the mistake sometimes. She's thinking she's going to be sweet, and it comes from a good place. She's going to make my tacos, but she puts the cheese on last, like puts lettuce on the meat. It just makes the lettuce hot. <laughs> be thankful. That's what, that's what she said. Be thankful for it. I like it with cheese and black olives and sour cream and, and, and a certain taco sauce. And, and that's the way I like it. Anybody else like that? You just, there's certain things you like to cook and it has to be a certain way. It won't do it. Like Hunt's spaghetti sauce. I like it the best. I don't care for Prego. Yeah, you know, that's, that's just the way I am. Now, I'll eat a lot of things, but that's my favorite way to eat it. There are plenty of ways to make a cake. I remember the first time I discovered that my mother made mayonnaise cake. That's what I thought. Mayonnaise cake. I figure if you can make a cake out of mayonnaise, man, you could make a steak out of Cheerios or something. It just... But it worked. I don't care for chocolate cake, and that's what she would make, a mayonnaise cake that was a chocolate cake. I didn't care for chocolate, but... You could do it. My point is all, to all this different, there's different ways of doing things. How many understand that? We can get the same task and we'll do, all do it a, a different way. Right? And I say that a lot of times to my family. It doesn't have to be your way to be done. It may not be done right the way you want it, but there's other ways of fixing spaghetti. There's other ways of fixing tacos. Right? You still with me? Is anybody hungry now? Let's just go, let's go eat. <laughs> There's a lot of ways to do different things. I'm right-handed. That naturally means I'm 
right. Dad's left-handed. That naturally means he's left-handed. When he wraps up a cord, like an extension cord, he'll wrap it up. He'll lay it down nicely. It looks great. But me being a right-handed person, when I pick it up to pull it out, it always comes out in a knot. I don't understand that. It's a phenomenon. I don't understand that. When he pulls it out, it doesn't happen. When I pull it out, and it's the same way with him. If I wrap it up and set it there, he pulls it out, it comes out in a knot. I, I don't understand that. But it happens that way, and I just blame it because he's left-handed. It's different. That's for sure. It's different. So many different ways to do different things. This applies to our life, too. But when we're talking about a walk with Jesus, it's a different story. It's a different story. There are multiple ways to destroy your life. There's multiple ways to destroy your life. There are multiple ways of destruction. There are plenty of ways to get your life off course to the point you don't know where to even start to get back on course. I wrote a song years ago that said, God will touch the untouchable. Because after a while, you get so far away from God, you think, God can't touch me anymore. It's not the case. God still loves you. God still wants you. He still wants you to get back on course with Him. You're not untouchable. Out of all these different things, there's so many different ways to do different things, but there's only one way to salvation. One way to salvation, and that's through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. There is no purgatory to be prayed out of. I want to hear a Pentecostal church say amen. There is no purgatory to be prayed out of. You make your decision now, whether it's heaven or, ha heaven or hell. No one's going to pray you out of this. Here's my text right here, John 14 and 6. If you want to stand for the reading of God's word, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. These are Jesus' words. They're read in my Bible. He says, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Would you pray for me, and I'm going to pray for you tonight, that we're going to hear from God, going to hear from heaven with the word. Father, I thank you tonight for your word. It is already anointed. It is already alive. It's breathing. Father, it is deep inside of us already. But Father, there's so many truths we need to be reminded of, and this is one tonight. I'm asking you, Lord, right now to anoint me with the power of the Holy Ghost, Lord, that I can speak with boldness the words that you give me. I'm asking us to hear, asking you to help us hear and to see what you want to say and show us tonight, Father. I'm asking, Lord, right now that we're all anointed with the power of the Holy Ghost, Lord, that you will do your will in this service. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said amen. Amen. You may be seated. I want to preach for just a few moments with the subject, one way to salvation. There's only one way to salvation. Not two ways, not three ways. There's one way. Not a bunch of different religion, not Hinduism, not Buddhism, not none of these other gods is going to work. There's only one way. It's through Jesus Christ. Amen? As a born-again believer, I believe that most, if not all of us, have already, already know this scripture that I just read as our text tonight. But the sad thing is, there are plenty of people who know this same text, but don't believe it. 
There's so many in the world that doesn't believe it. I was looking on my computer the other day, and I was looking at a map, and I was looking at all these. Uh, I was actually looking at Russia and, and, and uh, some of the joining um, countries there. And I got to thinking about all the different religions there and understanding that they don't believe God's word. Most of them. Most of them don't believe God's word. They believe their own version of Christianity. Babies in the church keeps the church alive. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But they don't believe it. They know the scriptures, but they don't believe it. And what's worse is the believer that doesn't believe God's word. You've heard it preached. You've heard this scripture. You have it in your Bible. You have multiple Bibles at your house. But yet, so many believers don't seem to believe the Word of God anymore. And so many of them think they're going to go to heaven on their own terms. There's only one way. There's not another way. You can't store up some collateral with God and say, you know what, I'm going to be good for a while. I was good all this time, but Father, now I'm going, to, I'm going to do whatever I want and still make it into heaven. It's not going to happen that way. It's sad that even with the truth, <coughs> excuse me, right in front of them, they refuse to receive the truth and continue to walk in Satan's deception, which one day will become the strong delusion of God's wrath that will seal their fate. Wrong thinking will seal your fate in the, in the wrong ways. How many has ever thought about something? I'm not talking about God, but you thought about something, you think that's the right way, and then only to realize, oh, that was the wrong way. I've found the wrong way to do a lot of things. In construction, I've found a, a lot of ways to do the wrong things. Did I say that right? No, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I did a lot of wrong things trying to do the right thing. I'll put it like that. I had one guy tell me, he said, a good carpenter hides his own mistakes. And I was like, I had to get good quick. <laughs> had plenty of them. There is no other gospel. There is no other salvation. There is no other God. There is no other uh, way to enter heaven except through Jesus Christ. You have a choice where you're going to spend eternity. It's either heaven or hell. It's either heaven or hell. But unless you intend on going to hell, you have to go through Jesus. You have to go through Jesus. The way, the truth, and the life. Jesus said no one comes to the Father. Where's the Father at? He's in heaven. No one comes to the Father except through Jesus. There's no, no way to heaven except through Jesus. Why? I'm glad you asked. Because he came to save us. He took the punishment for mankind. He took the punches and the slaps to the face. He took the ridicule. He took the spit to the face. He took the humiliation of being stripped. He took the beating and the whip at the whipping post. He took the crown of thorns that pierced his head. He took the nails in his hands. He took the nails in his feet. He took the spear to this side. He took the sins of mankind. He provided the blood sacrifice we could not provide, all because he loved us. Why does he have to go through Jesus? You don't have to look far to understand why you have to go through Jesus. Jesus paid it all. <laughs> Jesus paid it all. He's the mediator. He's the bridge. Hallelujah. He looked down through time and he saw Drew. 
needed to be saved. He saw Cardin need to be saved. He saw Roxanne needed to be saved. He's seen Roger that needed to be saved. He's seen every one of us. We needed to be saved. We needed a Savior. Hallelujah. I did some things that I needed to be saved from. He's my Savior. Romans 5, 8 said, But God demonstrates His own love towards us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's hard to wrap our minds around. We didn't deserve it. We didn't ask for it. We didn't do anything. But He loved us so much, He knew we was going to need Him. What's He do? He goes to the cross, and He pays sin's price. He ransomed us. Hallelujah. Christ died for each and every one of us. So So there's not two ways to God. There's not three ways to God. Or any other number of ways. There's only one way. Uno way. Amy. One way to the Father, and that's through Jesus. One way, and that's through Jesus. John 3 and 3 says, Jesus answered them and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. We have to be born again. We have to have a Savior. We have to be saved. No other way to heaven. There's not going to be any sin in heaven. You're not going to carry your sin to heaven. Does everybody know that? No sin's going to enter heaven. So we have to be saved. We have to to do John 3 and 3. Jesus said to them and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. You have to be saved. How do you be saved? Through Jesus. The way, the truth, and the life. And there's no other way you're going to see the Father except through Jesus. Oh, Pastor, why are you preaching this message tonight? Again, I'm glad you asked. I'm on an assignment to Greenbrier. God placed me here for a purpose. Guess what? He placed you here for a purpose. You're on an assignment to Greenbrier. You're on an assignment to this community in this area. And, and, and you know what? We have to fulfill the assignment God's given us. We're not limited to this community, but this is our assigned mission field. Does everybody understand that? I want it to inspire you. I want to equip you. I want to provoke you so you don't get casual with your relationship with Jesus. So that you understand that there's not going to be another way. It's only through Jesus. Amen? I don't want any of us to think there's different rules for us and different rules for a sinner. Because guess what? We're all sinners saved by grace. We all had to come through the bloodline. There wasn't a shortcut because my name was Foster or my dad was a preacher. I was a sinner headed to hell and I needed a savior. His name was Jesus. He was the way, the truth, and the life. Wow. Jesus said in Luke 13, 24, Strive to enter through the narrow gate. For many, I say to you, will seek to enter and will not be able. When once the master of the house has risen up and shut the door and you begin to stand outside and knock at the door saying, Lord, Lord, open for us. And he will answer and say to you, I do not know you where you are from. Then you will begin to say, we ate and drank in your presence and you taught in our streets. But he will say, I tell you, I do not know you where you are from. Depart from me, all you workers of iniquity. Verse 28 says, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. When you see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom, in the the kingdom of God, and yourself thrust out. You have to understand, 
you have to maintain that relationship. Yes, it's through Christ. There's only one way to salvation. It's through Jesus Christ. But we have to maintain that relationship. I think I said it this morning about fire insurance. Yes, that's the first step of getting saved. We don't want to go to hell. Amen. I don't want to go to hell. So we need to be saved. But we have to maintain that relationship. I want you and I to be vigilant in our relationship with Jesus. I don't want to be casual in my relationship with Jesus. That's how marriages fall apart. That's how relationships fall apart. When we don't nurture our relationship, they cease to exist. You can live in the same house with someone and not nurture relationships, and it's not long until you don't have a relationship with your kids, with your wife, with your husband. When relationships start failing, we, should, we, we start to look and try everything we can think of to restore them. When we realize something's gone bad, most of us will try to fix it. We'll try to find something. What, what went wrong here? Let me try to fix this. And, and we go running and starting to look and do something and do different things to, to fix it. And we still need to be running to God. We still got to run to Jesus. Our relationships, whether it's a, a child, a spouse, our employer, it doesn't matter what it is. It's still God first. It has to be God first. God is still a God of order. I've heard people say that I tried not going to church to save their marriage because my wife or my husband, they, they don't like church. They didn't like me spending time there. Put God first. You put God first. It ain't going to work anyway. I can just tell you right now, it ain't going to work anyway. You better just put God first. You better get things right with God. Make God your priority. Put God first, another second. Well, that's so hard. That's a hard message, Pastor. Why, why do you do that? That doesn't sound like godly advice. To put God first over, over your own son, over your own daughter, and, you know, over that. How can that be? We've got Bo and Erica with four kids under four. You know, how can they put God first and not take care of these little babies? There's always somebody needing something. If Bo and Erica puts God first... God's going to help them deal with four little kids. God's going to help them provide for four little kids. God's going to help them to pamper four little kids, discipline four little kids. God's going to make a way where there seems no way. The Israelites are looking for the Red Sea to part. Bo and Erica's looking for just some sleep and rest from them four babies. He can part that sea for you. Lord help, I shouldn't have used you without asking. In my Bible it says in Matthew 6, 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Exodus 20 and 3 says, you shall have no other gods before me. That's a tough one right there because when we think of that, we think, of, well, you know, we've got some sort of a statue, an idol or something, or we're praying to Allah, we're, we're doing something else. We're not praying to Jehovah and uh, maybe we do have an idol and we're, we're worshiping that bottle of water. No, oh, I bow down before that bottle of water. That's what we think we think of idols. We do. That's what we think about. Anything can become your idol. Anything can come between you and God. Carden playing basketball. I told him he's on the low post, and I kept telling him, don't let anybody between you and the goal. In this, in this regard, and in this illustration, he's protecting this goal. He's trying to stop someone from getting to the goal. So nobody gets in between. But in our relationship with God, nothing should be getting in between us and God. Shelly can't get between me and God. If Shelly gets in between me and God, she become my God. 
Am, am I telling it plain enough? Is everybody understanding this? Kim, if them babies become your God, you can't do something for the Lord because you got to watch babies. You need to tell mama to come home and watch them. Kim's like, I need the rest anyway. Tell her to come on. We don't think we have idols. We need to examine our own heart and understand anything that gets between you and God has become your God. Think of the things that keep you from studying God's Word. Think of the things that keep you from praying like you should. Think about the things that keep you out of His tabernacle. Think about the things that keep you from obeying His Word. I'm not talking about involuntary uh, actions, whether you're sick or, or uh, whether you have a job, that, job requirements that you have to work on uh, the, the days that we, we have a, we've appointed for worship. I'm not talking about stuff like that. I'm talking about having a job that keeps you from God's house and His Word and praying that you could do without, that you could change job, that you could do something about. Now, I'm not saying, okay, I can, I can drop this $20 an hour job and and not support my family and go get a $10 an hour job somewhere so I can be close to God. You know, I do believe God will bless that. I don't think he expects that. But when you make an effort, when you make an effort to be in God's house, when you make an effort to read his word, to pray, to, to nurture that relationship, I believe God honors that. I know we have to work. But when we're willingly disobeying God's word, he's no longer your God. I'll say it again. When we're willingly disobeying God's word, he's no longer your God. Hmm. I told you I wasn't long. I'm on my last page. Everybody say amen. <laughs> Cardin even got a hallelujah in there. Jesus. Jesus. I was Roxanne. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. We understand that's the way to get to the Father. But I want you to understand as Christians, you need to maintain your relationship. Cardin, you got to maintain your relationship. you got to love God more than you love your daddy. Your daddy ponies up a lot of money for you. He takes you a lot of places, sets through a lot of God-ugly-sounding music, does a lot of things for you, but I can't become your God. Jehovah, Jehovah, Jehovah is your God. And the only way to, to God is through Jesus. Through Jesus. There's only one way to receive salvation, and Jesus is that way. Amen. I'm done. I'm done. This is what God gave me. I'm, I'm done. He said, preach this one tonight. I'm done. I knew it was going to be short. I knew it was going to be simple. But I wanted to touch the hearts of each and every one of you let you realize Jesus is the way. He's the truth and the life. I want you to get it in your spirit. Keep remembering that over and over this week. Jesus is the only way. Because somebody's going to come along and say, well, uh, you know, they're just like me. I remember an incident out at the ball field one day. Is, uh, and I'm not picking on any other religion. They're, they're just wrong. Um, but a, a boy, he was out there, and he was Catholic. Well, I'm just telling you, Catholicism is wrong. I'll stand up and tell you, it's against this word, and it's wrong. All right? Uh, I don't have to have a bunch of amens. I'll take the brunt of it myself. It's wrong. It is the truth. 
It is the truth. But he told us, Shelly invited him one day to come to church, and he said, I, I'm sure we're, we're just, we're the same religion. We're just like you guys are. And, and Shelly said, and of course, Shelly just gets right to the heart of it. She goes, do you believe in the Holy Spirit moving inside of you? And he goes, what? <laughs> she said, we don't believe the same. We don't believe the same at all. I had a Mormon uh, here one day, and I was talking to him. And he said, we're probably closer on our religion than, than you think. And I said, well, I don't think the Bible needs any help from another man. I think this is good enough, and it's going to stand on its own. It's alive and well today. I think we're different for quite a bit. He goes, uh, well, yeah, okay, because he thought that we needed another book to go along with it, a companion book. No. No, we need Jesus. Jesus. We need this book right here, and it talks about Jesus. It shares with us Jesus. He's the way, the truth, and the life. Shelly, would you come back? Jeremiah has his shouting shoes on tonight. He's ready to go. I'm going to tell you what, I love having babies in church. I don't care if they're crying, screaming, or running around. They need to learn what it is to be in God's house. I love it. Would you stand with me? I'm going to ask you. We're way ahead of schedule here. It's 646, and they've changed the clock, so I know it's right. Let's find a place to pray. Let's renew our relationship with Jesus. If you don't do anything else tonight but get down on your knees and say, Jesus, I love you. I thank you for what you've done. You are the way. You are the truth. And you are the life. Thank you for making that way. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for your willingness to give your life for me. Amen.